0: How are you? It's all good. It's all good. Hey, um, happy mother. Dude, your shaved head looks incredible. That is awesome. Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day to you mothers. Um, I think uh, they got you a special gift before you leave, so make sure you pick that up. Um, but good morning. Happy Mother's Day. And there's this fascinating story in the book of Acts. What's fascinating to me, at least, um, this you know, there's things in there that you like. We read across and we're, and we don't really pay attention to a lot of times. But then when you read it again, you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that was there. <laughs> and it's this this fascinating story, and, and I mean, it's fascinating to me. And um, it's this where just this the presence of the disciples. Just because they were walking in the spirit, because they were walking in the spirit, would heal people, right just because they were walking just the ordinary everyday thing, like we all walk, we all eat, we all do this stuff right this is just their ordinary thing healed people and in acts five twelve it says that the apostles performed many signs and wonders and miracles among the people, and the believers were And the believers were wonderfully united as they met regularly in the temple courts in the area known as Solomon's Porch. No one dared to harm them, for everyone held them in high regard. Continually, more and more people believed in the Lord and were added to their number, great crowds of both men and women. In fact, (laughs) this cracks me up, this is awesome. In fact, when people knew Peter was going to walk by, they carried the sick out, of the, out into the streets and laid them down on coats and mats, knowing the incredible power emanating from him, from him would overshadow them and heal them. Great numbers of people swarmed into Jerusalem from, from the nearby villages. They brought with them the sick and those troubled by demons, and everyone was healed. Okay, so... One translation says that when, the, that when his shadow would lay over as he walked by, his shadow would heal people. Why? Why him just doing an ordinary thing? You're going to have to turn the effects off on, on this. Why him just doing the ordinary thing? Heal people. Like... That blows my mind. Peter's just doing an ordinary thing walking and heals people. His shadow freaking healed people. It makes, me, it makes me want to ask, what if the ordinary turns into the supernatural for us? What if the ordinary turned into the supernatural? What if it becomes not so ordinary anymore? What if the words of, of Paul when he wrote to the Corinthian church become true? When he wrote stuff like this in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether you eat or you drink, which is just an ordinary thing. We all got to do it, right? Whether you eat or drink, live your life in a way that glorifies and honors God. Like what if the ordinary becomes supernatural? What if this becomes a reality? Like just our every day where we live, work, and play is just manifests with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and Christ living in and through us. What if it becomes reality? What if we start seeing the Holy Spirit in the midst of our ordinary? But here's the issue. Many of us, especially in American Christianity, American churches, we live as if we don't need the Spirit. We live as if we don't need Him. Like, y'all, we need Him to walk into Walmart. Trust me, I walked in there last night. You with me? But needless to say, like, we, we, like, anyways, we walk out our faith as if as if we don't need the holy spirit we've become in many ways i'm not just talking i'm not talking necessarily just about shift church i'm talking about the church here in america like we have become just like the church of lady Osea. you're like what does that even mean well in revelation there's a letter written to the church of lady Osea from from god himself and this is what he says he says Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Laodicea. For these are the words of the amen, or the words of God, the true and faithful, like the, the, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Verse 15 says, I know that, you, I know that you, what, all that you do, and I know that you are neither frozen in apathy nor fervent with passion. How I wish you were either one or the other, But because you are neither cold nor hot, but lukewarm, I'm about to spit you from your mouth. And I've quoted that. Verse a couple times in this series that we've been in, but I haven't went on So here's where we're going to go on verse 17 for you claim. I am rich and getting richer. I don't need a thing Sounds vaguely familiar doesn't it? Well, i'm good. I just I go to church on sunday, so i'm fine Well, i've got my salvation, but i'm I'm just gonna say this The gospel ceases to be good news if there's no power behind it You with me? I'm just going to throw that out there. I'll talk more about that next week. Okay? But it says, it claims that, we, I, we claim that we're rich and we're getting rich and we don't need anything. Like, we don't need the power of the Spirit. We got you two. We got this. We don't, we, no, 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 no. We have to walk daily with the Spirit. You need the Spirit. Like, the reason you can't conquer that in your life is because you're not trusting in the Spirit. I got those things in my life too. You with me? Like, I'm not up here saying, I've got it figured out because I don't. If I was going to be honest with you, like if you knew my Monday through Friday and all the things that go through my mind, I'm just like, why is he the one standing on stage? And luckily, the grace of God is so much more than, way so much more than my failings. But How many of us have just said, you know what, I don't need that extra, I don't want the more, mainly because we're compromising and we, and we don't want to be uncomfortable. Well, that, that kind of stuff makes me uncomfortable. Well, good, we need some tension in our lives. Like, I'm tired of mediocre Christianity. I'll be honest with you. In fact, I'm not, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but hey, listen, there may be a big change coming up. There may be a big change here coming up. It's going to cause some tension. The tension is so good because it's in those tensions that the Spirit of God begins to move. It's in those tension. it's that tension that when you, when you lift weights and you put tension on the muscles that cause your muscles to grow. What would it look like if our ordinary becomes supernatural? My friend, you need the Holy Spirit, and the biggest weapon the enemy has to try to distract you from that is I'm making you comfortable and complacent. You claim to be rich and getting richer. I'm comfortable. I don't need a thing. You are clueless that you are miserable, miserable, poor, blind, barren and naked. So I counsel you to purchase gold perfected by fire so that you can be truly rich. And this is talking about being endowed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Purchase a white garment to cover and clothe your shameful Adam nakedness. That's about salvation. Purchase eye salve to be placed over your eyes so that you can truly see, so that you can stop looking at the natural and start looking and walking by the Spirit. All those I dearly love, I unmask and train, so repent and be eager to pursue what is right. Behold, I am standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open, if your your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come in to you and feast with you and you will feast with me. And to the one who conquers, I will give the privilege of sitting with me on the throne just as I conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. The one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying now to the churches. You think you're fat and rich, you have everything you need in your faith journey, and you've become complacent. Now I don't know if you remember from a few weeks ago, it, it's probably one, one of the greatest truths that we can look at in its existence is that complacency is a compromise to faith. It's a compromise to, to truth. Faith is a is, it's, compl- complacency is a compromise of truth. If you find yourself in compla- complacent where you are, it's easy for the enemy to draw us back over the line of compromise. The reason many believers have moral failure is because we become comfortable and that's exactly where God where Satan wants us to be because If we become comfortable, we're gonna start easing toward well, it's okay to do this. Well, it's okay to do this Well, I can go a little bit farther. God still loves me I can go a little bit farther into our way past the line with moral failure. And I'm not just talking about sexual mor- mor- sexual Morality, I'm just talking about living a life opposite of obedience, but here's another great truth And I'm sorry that I put those in here backwards Zane Complacency is a compromise to faith. Complacency is a compromise to faith. We said said this from the beginning here, we take big risks because we serve a big God, meaning we're going to put faith faith forward, and we're going to step out into that. Complacency is a compromise to faith. Like, what has happened to the faith of our forefathers? What's happened to the faith of our forefathers? Like faith trusting that if he said he will do it, he'll do it. If he, if he says he'll, he has me, he has me. Faith that says if he told me to go, I'm going. Faith in the promise that I have the power of the Holy Ghost living in me. Like what happened to the faith of our forefathers that said where you go, I'll go. Where you tell me, where you send me, you'll send me. Where, if you send me in the fire, I'm going to trust that you're there with me. But even... In that, I don't know if you remember that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego When they're when they're facing facing the king and then he says i'm gonna throw you in the fire and, that, and let you bow down They said that's fine Because our, our god is with us, but even if he isn't We will never bow down to anything else But many of us are compromising we're bowing down to complacency That's for a whole nother sermon but what's happened the faith of our forefathers like hebrews 11 35 33 through 35 says through faith's power they conquered kingdoms and established true justice their faith fastened onto 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 their promises and and pulled them into into reality because the only true reality is the reality that is in jesus nothing else they faith their faith fastened onto to their promises and pulled them into reality it was faith that shut the mouth of lions Put out the power of raging fire and caused many to escape certain death by the sword. Although weak, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them, and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into into battle into battle array. Faith-filled women saw their dead children raised in resurrection power. Yet it was faith that enabled others to endure great uh, atrocities. They were stretched out on the wheel and tortured. And didn't deny their faith in order to be freed. Because they longed for a more honorable and glorious resurrection. That's the faith of our forefathers. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What if, what if this becomes our new ordinary because we put our faith in Christ and the guidance of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit empowers and builds us up with courage to fight the darkness within us and around us. Like our forefathers, faith built up by the Holy Spirit is a call to action. See, most of us, and we'll read in a second when the Bible says, the "Bible says to stand," but when we stand, it's not—it's not us just being complacent here. It's—it's its a—it's—it's a, it's a, it's a, it's almost a stance like you're getting ready to fight. Like, yes, you may not face nations. You may not be face-to-face with a lion, but the truth is this, is that Peter tells us that be well-balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Don't become complacent in your faith. Do not become complacent in your faith because you are facing a lion. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to fight back. So, how do we fight? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10, says this Now, my beloved ones, this is Paul writing a letter to you and me. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious. With the force. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. And what is that explosive power? The Holy Spirit. You will receive power, Acts 1 8 says. You will be seized with power, Acts 1 8 says. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us that you'll be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're, you're protected as you confront, confront the this, this slanderer For you, you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Not if you happen to fight. Not if he happens to show up. But as you fight. As you fight, you will be victorious. That's why Paul would write to us in 2 Corinthians, For although we live in a natural realm, we don't wage military campaign, Employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide, or strongholds. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the truth, true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. When was the last time you prayed that your thoughts bowed down to the the anointed one? Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. And here's the truth. We don't fight for victory, but from a place of victory so well, as we read the next little bit as we talk about the next little bit all this all this defensive weapons and offensive weapons that we l- we're going to look at it's not it's not for anything other than we're we're fighting from a place of victory because Jesus has conquered it all and now that same power that rose him from the grave lives in us so we can approach this world with boldness we can approach the darkness in our lives and, those are, and, and, and the darkness the, that's around us with boldness and courage, let a demon walk up in this place. You with me? Don't be scared. Let, let's confront darkness for what it is. You have no power. In fact, let me tell you why you have no power. You ready? Ephesians 6, 14. Put on truth... As a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Notice. An, but those first couple verses, he's an accuser. He's an accuser and a slanderer. But what does the truth of God say about you? You are a child of the king. How dare him come try to accuse you and slander your name? Because if he's trying to slander your name, he's trying to slander the name in which you're under, and that is Christ and he's already defeated. Christ is one. But this ain't no belt to hold your pants up, y'all. But it's like a weightlifting belt that supports and strengthens your backbone. And some of us need a backbone. You with me? Because you don't have the strength to lift that weight. But you put this belt of truth on, and you're strengthened. Remember, complacency is a compromise to truth. So we can't be complacent with sin. The sin that's around us but truth is what strengthens and the strength is what sets us free free from shame and guilt and punishment and judgment it's truth that sets us free it's why john 832 says for if you embrace the truth it will release true freedom into your lives See, like isn't it funny that the world tells us that we are in religious bondage when in reality we are set free? But we know by looking not only at Scripture but just looking at history and their lives, the path that they are on will lead to real bondage, and one day it will end in them being bound in hell forever. But we're rich and fat, and we're not going to do anything about that. You with me? Since we are neither lukewarm, since we are lukewarm, since we're not since we're since we're not passionate, since we're not pursuing, what are we gonna do about it? And that's a whole nother sermon. Well, I just wanted to bring that up. it's truth that sets us free. Truth, the truth Jesus gives us releases us from the bondage of our past, our sin, our shame, our guilt, and it sets us free from religion. Religion says you have to do 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 but when you're in relationship with Christ and you have the power that comes to the Holy Spirit It's not a it's not a hey you have to do 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 But it's already been done so we can walk in freedom The truth Jesus gives us releases us from all these things here's the thing to embrace the reality of Christ and the Holy Spirit brings us into true freedom into true freedom and I want to see South Knoxville set free. Even if that makes me uncomfortable. You with me? Even if that puts me in some tension. Ephesians six fourteen. Put on the truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness or righteousness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert. There you will always be ready to share the blessings of peace. Holiness or righteousness is having a right standing before the Father. How are you doing with that? Is there anything in your life that gives you a right standing as you walk? Not in and of yourself, but the great news is this. Holiness and righteousness is having a right standing before the Father walking although not perfectly Perfectly, but rightly in Christ's righteousness We are made righteous through his righteousness as we walk in as imperfectly as it is our Father in heaven doesn't see our failures, but he sees Christ's victories Daily repentance, seeking Christ, we walk in christ 's righteousness that covers us, but we pursue righteousness by obedience by obedience. Remember it says, we take every thought, every, take everything captive when we become obedient to what Christ says for us to do and how He says for us to live, and then when, and that includes walking in the spirit. We walk in Christ's righteousness. We have a right standing before Christ, before God the Father because of Christ. But it is Christ's righteousness that protects our hearts from the enemy's attack. You are holy because he is holy. You are righteous because he is righteous living in you. So he may throw out accusations. He may may throw out some slandering words about you. The truth is this. You are your heart is wrapped because the reason he does that because he knows if he can get to your heart He can lead you into depression If you have depression thoughts about yourself, you'll be like I'm not even worthy of this and then you become what complacent Well, I'm good right here. I'm just gonna stay right here in my self-pity and never be effective for the kingdom of God But isn't it wonderful that Yeah, what the devil may be saying may be a little bit right Let's be honest. Because we don't do things perfectly. We screw up a lot. But are you chasing after righteousness? Are you chasing the face of Christ? Don't live in a way that gives the enemy ammo to fire against you. Live in righteousness. Live in obedience. Trust in what Christ has done. Ephesians 6.16 says, In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. See, there's this analogy that the world throws out, and this counters everything that they say. There's this analogy of a shield of faith also counters the frequent criticism of religion as blind faith. Our faith is not blind. Shields are purposeful instruments They're, It's not walls to hide behind sh- or, or or a place to cower behind none of that they, they are instruments in battle They're not walls to hide behind shields by their nature are meant to be used with strategic awareness and cooperation I don't know if you ever watch any battle scenes You really? think? You notice that when these battle scenes or when these people go into battles, everybody in the line would have their shield on the same side. Why? Cooperation and operation. Because we would, they would fight with their right hand, and there's somebody to the right of you, right? If you don't want to swing and actually get hit. They're strategic. They would, that shield would be used to force the enemy's line back. It's our faith that does that to the enemy. Yeah, I may not be able to see the rain coming, but I can hear it. And it protects the enemy. attacks us saying, well, where's, the, where's your answered prayer? Where's your answered prayer? Where, when's it coming? You just, you're just keep pushing that back. If my God was faithful then, I know he'll be faithful now. If he says I have it, then I have it. And I'm going to walk as if I have it. Because my faith is protecting my my heart. Faith is so important. And compromise, compromising what God says is ours weakens that shield of ours. Faith is a shield that protects us from the enemy's lies. He's going to lie to you. Ephesians 6, 17 Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. Like a helmet that protects your heart, your head from lies. Salvation gives us assurance that the enemy can never take us out of the Father's hand. Salvation gives us the assurance that the enemy can never take us out of the Father's hand. God doesn't love you. He just seen you mess up. How could he love you? Like he's probably he's probably gonna disown you because of what you've done. Salvation is a seal. Romans eight thirty one. So what does this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, and isn't it awesome that we have a God who stands with us? Muslims believe their their God is far off and doesn't listen. Look at any other. We are the only. We're the only only faith that says, no, no, our God stands with us. What does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved His love by giving us His greatest treasure, the gift of His Son. And since God freely offered Him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. And that's good news in and of itself. That if he's willing to give us his son, he's willing to give us everything. He certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Who then would dare accuse those whom God has chosen and loved to be his? God himself is the judge who who. who, who, who who has issued his final verdict over them, over them, not guilty. What does the enemy try to tell you? You're guilty. But our Father in heaven says, you're not. Whose voice are you going to listen to? Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one. For he gave his life for us. He paid a ransom that we could not pay. He bought us back into communion with the Father. So He is not going to condemn us. I sent His Son into the world to condemn it, but that through Him the world may be saved. For He gave His life for us. Even more than that, He has conquered death and is now risen. The one thing that can separate you from God is death without Him in your heart. Eternal separation. He is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his right hand. And that's, and that's why it's important. Being at God's right hand, the Father's right hand, is so important because he is a general in God's army. He gets his command from his Father, and, he, and then the commands passed down to us to fight back the darkness. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? Right now jesus is praying for your victory in whatever situation you found yourself in He's praying for your triumph and your victory Who could ever separate us from the endless love of god's anointed one absolutely no one And I think you're included in that no one For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us troubles pressures and the problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecution? Nope. Deprivation? Nope. Dangers? Nope. And death threats? No. No, for they all are impotent to to hinder omnipotent love. Even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of all these things we triumph over them all for God has made us to be more than conquerors And his demonstrated love Is our glorious victory over everything His Demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything so now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that can ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. For God so loved the world that he gave. So loved. So loved. Did I put Ephesians in 617 in there? Okay. <laughs> Let me get it pulled up. When I get to 18, you can go to that one, okay? But have you notice that outside of the little bit of offensive, offensiveness of the shield, most. Most of those were defensive type equipment, All right? Ephesians six seventeen. Embrace the power of salvation that we got. It. Full deliverance. Like a helmet to will you through thoughts from lies. Listen some of this. You ready? And take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword. Or sword of the spirit. Of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit. As you can constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Be prayed passionately in the spirit. As you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times, pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. Sword of the Spirit is offensive weapon. It's action. The Spirit is the, the Word of God, the Word of the promise in motion. Having the Holy Spirit is a call to action. The sword is an offensive weapon But many of us feel like we don't need that spirit to live with every day How are you gonna fight back the darkness without the sword of the spirit? Without that power flowing through you How are you gonna fight complacency How are you going to fight for faith and how are you going to fight for truth if we're just living our life? Well, i got my fire insurance, so I'm good. No, 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 no. Again, the gospel ceases to be good news without the power that comes with it. Because it still has the power to heal, still has the power to save. How are you fighting your battle? Are you fighting it with the spirit? You think you're fine without the spirit? You think you're fine, you're rich and fat, and married. Are you fighting it with that sword he's given you? Isn't it funny that Jesus says that when this, when the spirit comes upon you, it will bring, he told his disciples, it will bring to remembrance every word that I have said to you. that word is a weapon. That word says that he will never fail us. That he fights on our behalf. When the, enemy, when the enemy says, see, God doesn't care about you. Why would he leave you here in this valley? God says, I'm with you in that valley. We're going to get up this mountain one way or the other like when Jesus spent 40 days in in the wilderness how did he fight back the devil with the word spirit bringing remembrance how are you going to survive well man doesn't live by bread alone but out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and what is He saying over you? You are Mine, and I'm going to take care of you. I have gifts for you, and I'm going to give them to you. But just like any gift, we have to be willing to take it, receive it, and open it. If y'all have old Christmas gifts sitting on top of your closet and you haven't really used yet, they're meaningless until you open them. What if our everyday ordinary? becomes supernatural what if everything we do every step that we take every meal that we eat everything that we do on monday through friday where we live work and play what if that becomes our fight against darkness Well, Derek, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a worship leader. It doesn't matter. God has called you where he has called you. He's put you in that office building. He's put you in that truck. He's put you in that school because you are the priest there. You are fighting back the darkness where you are. Well, I don't know what to do. The Spirit will bring remembrance. Everything that I said. Like, if you ever even have a conversation with somebody, you're like, "I just said that. And I don't know where it came from." You know I me? Mean? Like, I didn't even know I knew that. That's exactly what he promised. Let's fight back darkness. Let's put on the armor of God. Let's make everyday ordinary into something supernatural. All because we're walking in the Spirit. Jesus, we thank you for the promise. God and Father, we thank you for the promise that you said that I will send my spirit and you have. Now may we walk in that, not only for the power that it comes with, but for protection. May God, may everything in our lives that are ordinary become supernatural acts of your favor give us opportunities this week to fight back fight back darkness, fight back demons, fight back spirit spirit, evil spirits, give us opportunities to walk in your power may we help intercede on someone's behalf this week that ends up delivering them from whatever they need delivered from I pray the prayer that I prayed over everyone here and those who will listen online Show me your power. Allow me to walk. I pray all this in you. I love you, guys.